This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. It's like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. That's right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. Before I bring in the rest of the team, just want to say thank you. However you're listening, wherever you're listening, we just thank you so much for being a part of another presentation of Longhorn Blitz. You can get this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Just search Horns 24-7. Click the follow button. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review and get every episode of the Blitz when it drops all across your podcast platforms on Tuesday morning. With that out of the way, let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop and shooting extraordinaire, our lead research analyst on Longhorn Blitz, and a daily fantasy guru. He is Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well, man. How about you? Not too shabby. And the third member of our team, last but definitely, most definitely not least, our lockdown corner here on Longhorn Blitz. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, he got himself back to Austin, Texas, and the 40 Acres, where he earned his degree. Whenever that team ring comes in, we will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they make sure you get one of those black cards. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Rod B., how are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for the intro. Good to be here, fellas. Hey, Rod, I meant to ask you, and I'll just ask you on air. You got you got a man cave or something going on at the at the Casa? You're no, try, trying, to, trying to get one together? No, no man cave. We got an office. Uh, that's about it. No man cave. I don't know if the crib is big enough for a man cave so maybe yeah. the next crib uh, has a man cave i don't know if i need a I man go. cave i'm good I'm, I'm good do you like like i don't i know you're i know was it your brother i think that got you the lions throwback jersey the thanksgiving jersey frame um, like you got that my brother up? got that yeah we got that and i got a longhorn one frame those are just up in the office you're right i gotta find a room to put all my cool stuff in. yeah i don't have that yeah. no nah, that's right it sounds a, it's pretty good mixture though you got your office and in the office has the two former work things you're most proud of exactly it's got the degree in there yeah. right. so basically yeah. what you're telling me those rod, things would be in the main case i yeah. have more rod babers memorabilia hanging up <laughs> in my office than Rod Babers has. It's, Rod Babers it's possible. None of that stuff is hanging up. We don't have a, yeah, I haven't hung up any of that stuff. It's just like sitting in the office. I remember yeah, at so. the old place, there used <laughs> to be a Rod Babers car to buy the light. 
Uh, it's like every time I'd walk out, I would see yeah, Ron Baber's car. Yeah, that's right. Did Jimmy Applebaum bring you that or something? I want to say yeah. I think, I think right he did. About He's that. a good man. He's yeah. a good, nice guy. I've no got doubt. a two. Th- I've got a 2001 team poster that's signed, and then I've got the program cover from the Cole Pittman North Carolina game. Oh, that's a good. That one. Everybody that was on the cover signed that. Chance mock ruined because Chance wasn't on the cover and grabbed it and signed it. No, he didn't ruin it. Chance is <laughs> a I digress. Chance. I, I, kid. I kid Chance for listening. I just. All right. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about offense the last few weeks, guys. And, you know, we'll, we'll start talking about offense because we don't need to really expand too much on this. It yeah. kind of is what it is. The Jake Smith transfer, the news I don't think really surprised me in terms of you – know, we've been hearing rumors about Jake Smith wanting to transfer yes. – for a while, the timing though, Rod, I was caught taking a little bit of back. I, I figured if he would have transferred, it would have been at the end of the semester, or he would have announced it after you know the foot issue, whatever the case was. But to me, like to get this deep into the summer and do it, it's kind of well, that's a little bit of a head scratcher. But at the end of the day, he's already off. They've already taken him off the roster, so I think that tells you kind of where he's Jake gone. Smith stands. He may not be the, one of those ones that comes back I'm from not, the portal. Yeah. The Casey Thompson stories that. Anthony Cook story. Yeah, and I've already talked Denzel to a, a Power Five staff member that's talked to Jake Smith, and really reset was the word that's come up in conversations Jake Good Smith's had with other folks. So Rod, it does, I don't really think it needs to be uh, expounded upon that much. Jake Smith's career at Texas, when you look at it, we saw him flash. We saw the talent. It's just bad timing and unfortunate circumstances with. The injuries and, you know, it, it seemed like every time he was getting ready to break through, we talked about it this more than a year ago. We were talking about him going into spring 2020. as He was kind of everybody's breakout player. Coming off that freshman year where he kind of hit that wall midseason and couldn't break through it, mm-hmm. kind of really got ramped back up during the bowl practices. He had some really good bowl workouts and everybody was looking forward to seeing. And remember we heard Tom Herman talking last spring about a healthy Jake Smith and a healthy Jordan Whittington with that H position. You could do all different kinds of things with this offense, and we were looking forward to seeing what that was going to look like in spring. Of course, we all know we didn't have spring football <laughs> last year. We had the wonky offseason, and he's dealing with all kinds of injuries. Sark gets hired, and we said, hey, Jake Smith probably can benefit more from this coaching change than anybody given what Sark does with receivers. And like the first half of the first practice under Sark, Jake Smith breaks his foot. So it's just like any – Every time it looked like, okay, this is where Jake Smith can really break through, just something completely out of his control happened. Yeah, I think that, you know, Jake Smith in, you know, in a better offense under Tom Herman could have potentially been a breakout star. That, that offense for Tom Herman was a failure of imagination and a lack of common sense at times. You know, we talked about it, and you brought up the example of not even wanting to put Jake Smith and Devin DuVernay on the field together, Mm -hmm. right? That's the lack of common sense and a failure of imagination. But those are things that could have helped both of those players, right? Because it presents the defense with a conundrum. How do I defend both of those guys who can easily beat one-on-one coverage in the slot? Uh, but just simple things, right? He just and moving the positionless football uh, that moving around your receivers, the less rigidity about the roles of the receivers, so you have more fluidity, all right, within that wide receiving core. I thought that's something that also would have helped Jake Smith. And that's, these are things that Sark actually, you know, they are foundations, foundational principles that he builds his offense on. Little cheat codes, and he he, mm-hmm. he inundates his offense with these little cheat codes that. Helps wide receivers, right? The pre-stand motion shifts, all the rub routes, uh, running away from man coverage. So he's got the crossing routes and, you know, the pick routes and those long rainbow crosses, as I call them, deep into the secondary. He's got a lot of things that 
what would be a wide receiver's dream, Jake Smith, I think, could have benefited from that. But Jake Smith, I'm with you. I think it's more about his experience here, and it's never been um, a consistent um, pro- consistent productivity, right, for him. Yeah, He's always had something that breaks that up. And unfortunately for Jake Smith, I think he just wants to go somewhere. You saw with the reset, a fresh start. Let me just go somewhere, a fresh start. He knows how good he is. Everybody knows Jake Smith's got a ton of talent. Um, but a lot of things, whether it be the system of Tom Herman, now the coaching change, he probably wasn't feeling the love, right? When a new coach staff comes in, if you get hurt, you know, they're probably, you know, happy that you're getting, you know, you know, work with the training staff and you can go rehab and everything, but they have to evaluate other players, so they're mm-hmm. moving on. So Tom Herman's staff, they showed him a lot of love because they recruited him. Now he's probably not getting that love, or at least he wasn't getting that love, not because the coaches were disrespecting him and disregarding him, but because he got hurt. When you get hurt, hey, man, we, we got to evaluate these guys. Yeah. All right? And when you get healthy, we'll evaluate you then. I think because of that, there was a lot of love shown elsewhere, in his opinion, and he wanted more of it. He's going to go somewhere. They're going to show him some love, and he's, he's going to get it. Yeah, because yeah, his fit whenever he got here, you know, with the Tom Herman offense at the time and the depth chart at the time, it was perfect. It looked like, all right, mm-hmm. well, this is the guy can sort of fit into this doctrinaire offense. It's going to be well-defined. He'll know what to do. But then yeah. you get to the point where, well, if injuries become an issue, then you have a guy like Whittington that's alongside him. And you, Texas fans felt good there would be one or the other, wanted both on the field. But the idea that you still had now two issues with you, not only do you have a different coach with a different scheme, so you don't know how you fit then the depth's there so you may be getting passed up or just in this situation the job you had may not be the same that it's going to be and then the breaking the foot and that's just bad luck on day one whenever you're trying to prove it to the new boss can't wait to get in there and then that happens so that's just bad luck and that xavier worthy of acquisition too i bet didn't help the situation depth no there. there's a new every uh, year affection. there's a new one yeah exactly and but you're i would say that sark has an affection for really fast speedy wide receivers mm-hmm. and that there's one coming in. And he's getting a lot of hype. Yeah. There's there's something to be said for when you look at kind of how Texas air course replaces Jake Smith. There's something to be said for the lack of rigidity within the receiver roles, Rod, because I saw it on the flagship message board at Horns twenty four seven. Kind of the first thing people did. Well, I mean you got Xavier Worthy in the slot and you got Whittington in the slot. Like you need to stop Texas fans you need to stop thinking about this offense in terms of this guy is a slot receiver. This guy is an X receiver. This guy is a Z receiver. Mm-hmm. I've got no reason to doubt Sark at this point, Rod. Basically, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt like I have with every Texas coach until I have a reason not to. And I don't have a reason not to believe Sark when he says, yeah, we don't do that kind of football. I want mm-hmm. my best players in the best position to succeed. And if that means you've got, you know, taking a Z receiver like Devontae Smith and you like a matchup and you want to play him into the boundary just because – okay, then go do it. And I'm not saying this offense right off the bat is going to be 2020 Alabama, but at the end of the day, how do you replace Jake Smith? Well, you're going to do it a number of different ways. You don't just look at that H depth chart and say, well, it's this guy, this guy, and this guy. Yeah. It's it's going to be a little bit of Jordan Whittington, but it's, and it's going to be a little bit of Xavier Worthy, and it's going to be Keelan Robinson, who Sark's called kind of their gadget play guy that can – do the bubble screens and be effective in the short passing game while also giving you depth at running back. It's giving Bijan Robinson more touches in the pass game. That's another thing that just makes me want to drive ice picks through my ears and eyes in the offseason. Well, mm-hmm. Bijan needs X number of carries. It's not the number of carries that's important. It's the number of touches. The touches need to be there because he's so mm-hmm. dynamic and diverse. This isn't student body right, student body left. Yep. I want to see him 
take a you know be in the slot and get a bubble screen. Hell, run him on a slot fade because I think he's got that kind of skill set where you can get him down the field and get him vertical. So I think just the nature of Sark's offense with the weapons he's got, that's how you replace Jake Smith. It's not going to be just with one guy or the next guy stepping up on the depth chart. And in speaking about depth chart, Rod, when you look at this receiver group, is there any concern to you at all? Because to me there's not because I think there's still enough, a high number of unproven guys that have a chance to step up mm-hmm. where you look at Jake Smith hitting the portal, Keith Ron Lee's suspension, and at this point, you know, depending on what the outcome of the legal process is, I don't know that Keith Ron Lee is very long for this program. We'll see what happens. But I'm not that concerned about receiver depth just because, again, you're you know a Marcus Washington, a Kelvante Dixon, a couple of those guys away from having a group of five or six that you really like. Yeah, I mean, I like the high-end potential, but let's be honest, the receiver room is more hype than substance right now. Oh, no, no question. Um, no question. So the concern would be if they just continue to be hype and nobody, and nobody actually materializes. Right. So you're talking about Jordan Whittington, we all love. He's great. Hype. Mm-hmm. More than substance. Troy O'Meary, awesome. Great. We're hearing he was the starting wide receiver in training camp. Hype. More than substance. Most of those guys, because of injuries, not saying it's their fault, but that's just the reality of the situation Worthy we're dealing right with. Now would be Xavier high. Worthy is the hype that we're dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. So, hell, you're talking about Jake Smith, the guy that left that actually had a little substance. Yeah, you're losing <laughs> to go the along chance with of the depth. Um, so, uh, yeah, my concern would be in Joshua Moore. At least you got a guy who's got some skins mm-hmm. on the wall where Joshua Moore's actually done it on the field. But you're talking about the evolution of the passing game. I would not doubt if it struggles at the beginning because of the fact that you do have unproven commodities at wide receiver. It is a brand new scheme that they don't know. It is a brand new quarterback. We don't even know how the offense is really going to look because we don't know who the quarterback is going to be. Right. Um, and offensive line, we pray and hope Kyle Flood can put together an offensive line that can that can pick up a twist and a stunt. But we don't know that just yet. <laughs> uh, so my point is, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it takes this passing game five games or so. And unfortunately, <laughs> early on in the season, you got some, you know, some really good offenses to play. So yeah. it's going to be tough to keep up. But you can control the game because you got Bijan. You control the game because you got Bijan, and you have a defensive line that, and especially in interior, I think the defensive line is stout. And I think Kwiatkowski can keep you in games just by the way he calls games and the way that he's going to build his defense. But the truth is, the passing game right now, you, it's a lot of unproven commodities, a lot of hope, a lot of hope and hype. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying it's going to be bad. No, no, it could be awesome. But yeah. we don't know anything about it. The only thing we know about the offense is Bijan Robinson. And the only thing we know about the passing game and his wide receivers is, yeah, they got a lot of high-end potential, but can they stay healthy enough to actually build a resume and build a, need game, to. build a game plan around those guys? We don't know that, Jay. Yeah, because that's where the this biggest This is a pro- Jordan Shipley conundrum yeah. that Mac Brown dealt with, right? He's like, I don't know if I can build an offense around him. Yes, he's dynamic and explosive, but can I build an offense around him when he goes down in game three and then I got to rebuild the offense and come up with a whole new identity? At least you don't have to do that because you got Bijan, but around the passing game, I don't know who the Everything you just are. laid out, that's kind of where I've been with the receiver group all offseason. So to me, Jake Smith leaving and not having Keith Ron Lee kind of in the same position you were before. To me, it's not all that different. You, At yep. the end of the day, you still got that group of however many guys. It is like Marcus Washington, Kelvante Dixon, Avante Woodard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll put Xavier Worthy in there as a freshman. And he'll even put Troy O'Meary in there, like you said, Rod. We haven't seen him do it in the game yet. To go with Joshua Moore and Jordan Whittington, you need like probably three or four of those guys to at least be to where they're like serviceable rotation players. 
So to me, you're basically just needing one more of those guys to step up because Jake Smith was a guy that you were counting on to be there rotationally. Yeah, no, I a lot of people projected Jake Smith to be a starter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because if you're talking about a guy that if you're trying to put your best four wide receivers on the field for certain snaps, at least three, like that's a guy that's as proven as anybody at Texas to this point. Maybe it hasn't been as much upside as you'd expect. But right now we're basically saying, well, looking at depth chart, you don't have any room for variance. No chance for an injury or things along those lines. And, like, yep. you need – the last time I remember Texas not having, like, units get injured, like a wide receiver unit, it's like 05 or something. It's like it always happens with receivers. That somebody gets a hamstring or somebody sure. has something at some point. So yeah. that's one good thing, though, when you're coming from a guy, you're hoping that he can be a scheme – be able to get guys open. You don't necessarily have to have proven commodities, but it's a lot of hope and a lot of wishing instead of having stuff proven. That's in a great point. I'm gonna pull up. I pulled the numbers from uh, Alabama and just looking at the slot percentages and the differences between the two. You know, Texas, you had Kai Money, 93% of snaps out of the slot, 90% Jake Smith, 89% Whittington. Quite the featured and obvious yeah. role. You look at Alabama, guys that they ran out of the slot. Waddle was 68%, mm. sort of near the top. Devonta Smith was at 37%. John Mechie was at 26%. Slade Bolden, who is a guy that sort of was your backup, he was sort of your Jake Smith. He was 78% there. But you didn't have anybody. I mean, Waddle would be the guy Waddle that's had the most. 68 68%. of the guys that you yeah. know. And then even out of the tight ends, you had Billingsley out there wide, 37%. Actually, more than Devontae Smith was what out was there. Smith? 30, 37, 37%. right at 37. And then Mechie at 26. And even Miller Forrestal was out there, 21 percent of the time and he's sort of your Cade Brewer-esque guy that doesn't have yeah. the fleet of foot so being able That's to do that numbers. and then uh, Jeff brought up the idea of touches for Bijan and a big part like this can help people if you're playing fantasy football this year remember this conversion rate but basically one rushing snaps equal to or one targets equal to two and a half rushes mm-hmm. if you want to look at numbers and the way it plays out over time and yeah. how you get per if you're just trying to get the yardage accumulated for fantasy numbers which is as Texas fans talking about yardage accumulated yeah. via touches that's so that's a two and a half to one ratio so you go get 10 rushes then you end up having four five, five, receptions yeah. or, or four receptions. targets yeah. that's getting like another 10 rushes you know if you get you. up around eight then you're looking at high volume yep sort of alvin kamara exactly touch ratio i agree with you Good yeah point. i think so so go ahead no i was just gonna say you know you look last year i mean Najee harris hit over 250 carries but he also caught 40 balls yeah now, how long have we been talking about Texas needing to utilize their running backs? I mean, we we get excited when a Texas running back has a 20-catch season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, Ricky's done it. Cedric Benson's done it. When Texas had a workhorse back, Keontae Ingram's got one. Roshan Johnson's yeah. got one. So, like, when Texas has a workhorse running back, they get used in a variety of ways. But, damn, that's a that's a 250 carry in, in a – what Alabama played last year, 13-game season? Yeah. 250 carries and 40 balls. Or that's – yeah, that's a lot of work. Najee Harris got last year. Yeah. Well, and Harris and Robinson, they both had about five percent slot rate, so five point six percent for Robinson, a little bit more than Najee Harris. And when you look at Texas, let me just pull up Bijan for context. Look at it real quick. He was in the slot. Sorry, I thought I had it. Yeah, five point three. So it's about similar. Um, no, that's a, those are great numbers. And for perspective, is that Pro Football Focus? Mm-hmm. Okay. My this is my only thing with Sark with the wide receiver conversation. Have a plan for worst case scenario. If he doesn't, then an offensive genius may be overstating it then. 
Because it's pretty obvious that's an unproven commodity that you don't know if it's going to work. You got injury yeah. history. So you should have a plan B, a contingency plan, which should either be, you know what, maybe tight ends and just having more girth and more guys in the box and letting them just push guys around with Bijan. Maybe that's going to be the way to go. And maybe your tight ends develop better. Maybe it's taking wide receivers off the field and putting running backs on the field, going 20 and 21 personnel, two backs, one tight end. You can do that with Keelan Robinson as your gadget guy mm-hmm. or your hybrid flex guy or you can put Rojo out there and have him sometimes as a lead blocker for for Bijan in certain situations whatever it may be have a contingency plan in case these wide receivers are underwhelming yeah all right and Tom Herman didn't have one last year and last year we had the same question it was like man you're losing a lot of wide receivers you finally lost Colin Johnson Lil Jordan Humphrey and Devin DuVernay, who's going to step up? We thought it would be Brandon Eagles. It really wasn't Brandon Eagles. Jordan Whittington couldn't really stay healthy, Jake Smith. And then you had this kind of uh, funk the wide receivers were in for a while. Josh Moore stepped up early on, but you didn't have that consistency all through the season. And I would say overall, the wide receivers on the offense, and it couldn't gain that continuity in the passing game consistently. And a lot of that was pass, pass blocking. Yeah, there's, well, there's pass blocking is a good one to point pass out. Pass blocking is a big part of that. This is where I think we'll see a biggest change between the two because Texas last year, I don't know why you ended up having your highest volume pass block, blocking back be Bijan, but Bijan actually stayed in to block on 26.9% of his pass snaps that he ended up blocking. It was 24% for Roshan and 22% for Keontae. If you flip that over and look at Alabama, Alabama. Najee Harris was asked to only stay in and pass block 11.9% of the time <laughs> and 13% for Brian Robinson. Because why is that guy on the field? Like, I know you need to pass block and pick up a blitz, but if Bijan's out there that high upside, he doesn't need to be that tool. His tool is a different tool. Go go back and watch the Oklahoma game. There was, there was a play where Texas gave up a sack using an eight-man protection. Yes. <laughs> Bring those bodies in. It's just like the same thing with the lane. The and I want to say, dude, if, if I want to say can, it, it wasn't up against a blitz either. No, it was like a was standard, like a standard three, three or four man, three or four yeah, man rush. Yeah, yeah. I, remember like, I remember going back. I, I probably watched that play like tw- no, no joke. Like rewound it twenty times. I'm like, I'm just counting numbers. I'm like, and I'm like eight. I'm like, okay, got, no, I, I got it. I, I got to be wrong. I got, I got to be counting the guy somewhere. I think I remember. Exactly no, I'm like it's, it's eight. Yeah, well, and twist of the stunt, baby. Twist of the stunt. <laughs> yeah, it gets confusing how- with that many bodies in there. Folks, Who do I- folks that don't like. Uh, like you don't understand, like pass protection. I'm telling you, you gotta you gotta suck something spectacular to give up a sack using an eight man protection against a standard three or four man rush. Yeah, and that's I mean that's got you got to be bad some level of fierce that I can't even describe. Rod like, brought up the numbers to prove it not only across like all of football, but how successful Texas was at preventing the pass rush. The emptier you get, yeah, and it's been like it's across all forms of football. Tom yep. Brady was yelling it at Arians to get them out of there in the red zone mm-hmm. all Super Bowl long. Like, yeah. it's it's a simple process. The same way that if you watch the NBA and you get the center out of the lane because you don't oh, want to yeah. have <laughs> all the people congregated exactly in right. the same area. So it's the same concept. It's exactly like no, right. it's not easier to block them. But when you spread them out, there are less bodies in there. It's a mm-hmm. less of a chance that they'll be successful. The same idea that the less bodies inside the paint means the less chance you have it getting blocked at the rim. This goes back around your point. Joe Brady Great conversation job. two years ago when you know LSU when they really got rolling. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were no, especially in the Texas game. We that were noticing how fast the ball was coming out of Joe Burrow's hand. Mm-hmm. It's like that was Joe Brady's philosophy. Hey, if I just get more guys out into the into the pass route. 
you got to cover those guys. You don't cover them. Somebody's going right. to be uncovered. You want to blitz or... me rather than cover those yeah, guys? Go ahead. Someone's going to be uncovered or one-on-one. <laughs> one. Fourth and 17 Good happened. luck with that. Exactly. Todd yeah. Orlando, oh, third and 17. <laughs> you want to blitz me third and 17, instead yes. of going to defend those guys? Yeah. Good luck. And what happened? You want Caden Stearns on one and a half legs covering Justin Jefferson? Exactly. Good luck. Good luck with that. Yeah. That guy was as, like the best As you want said, ride with the Case McCoy offense. Just go with God. Go with God, man. Yeah. If you're going to do that, just pray. Um, so going to church. No, but the two the two best examples. I did want to talk about defense this week, but we're gonna have to save it till next week. And I guess it's as good a it's, it'll be a good place to kind of break off and stop talking so much offense on this podcast. We'll talk some defense next week because uh, guys, just be thinking about the central nervous system of the defense and kind of what you think of it. And and because that's as we talk about first year Texas defensive coordinators when they usually have that turnaround year. It's usually because the central nervous system of your defense is really good. So we'll get into that next week. But, Rod, to your point about having contingency plans, there are two examples at polar opposite ends of the spectrum that paint exactly what you're talking about. I had had an opportunity to interview Colt McCoy a couple of weeks ago, and I only had like seven or eight minutes. I'm like, okay, I've got like ten questions, and i got to really pare this down. But I did want to talk a little offense with him because – he even admitted in our interviews, like, look, when I came into the league, is like you you got into 11 personnel when you wanted to throw the ball. He's like, now 11 personnel is everybody's base offense. Mm-hmm. And we started. he started talking about at Texas and the great adjustment in 2008. He said, you know, hey, they were a pro-style offense until Blaine Irby got hurt in that 08 season. Mm-hmm. And the adjustment was, well, you know, Jordan Shipley's not a tight end. He's mm-hmm. still listed as a Y, but – Greg Davis just loved that matchup so much of getting him one-on-one on linebackers and safeties who could not cover him in space, couldn't handle him one-on-one. No way. I, I just, he just loved that matchup, mm-hmm. and that that was an adjustment. Like, you lose your tight end, you you figure – Rod, you were with Greg Davis. Greg Davis, like, at, at his heart, is an 11 personnel guy, which is weird how the Tom Herman offense kind of got a little Greg Davis-y at times, but I digress. But <laughs> – Greg Davis at his heart, he was an eleven personnel guy. That's what he wanted to be an eleven or a twenty-one or eleven personnel guy. He wanted that tight end, but he made the adjustment to move Jordan Shipley inside because he liked the matchup, and it worked. Texas almost ended up playing for a national championship with that mm-hmm. as your base offense. On the other side, you go to 2013 and Rod, the game I know you'll never forget being in Provo. The game plan was entirely built around DeJay Johnson, and when he rolled his ankle, third, fourth play of the game. Yep. And Major even admitted afterwards, uh, we we had to really just we had to scrap the offense and change it on the fly. Well, why were you building your offense around one guy that even you as a staff have talked about how unreliable Jay was at that point? <laughs> how in his career? fragile he was. Like yeah. why why are you why are you pinning yourself into that corner? Yep. So it's two just uh, two examples at opposite ends of the spectrum that shows you one when you have a contingency plan how it can work out, and mm-hmm. two when you put all your eggs in one basket. And all those eggs get smashed. Uh, yeah, you don't really have anything to go to, and how disastrous it can be. Yeah, no, I agree with you one hundred percent. So I, I think I think Sark is smart enough to understand the proven commodities that he's got, and what the unproven commodities are, what the uncertainty, uh, the uncertainty factor presents, and to try to build the offense around the things that are substantive, right? The things that are going to be substantively and consistent, and I think. Bijan is that, and the running game is that. Um, right now with the wide receivers, I'm not sure that's the case. 
Yeah, no, I agree with you, Rod, 100%. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two way for yourself at newbalance.com all right that's gonna do it for this week we will talk i promise we will talk defense on next week's edition of longhorn blitz apologize it is a little bit of a short one this week but we are going to bring you a show next week it is fourth july weekend technically rod and i are supposed to be off on our recording day but we're going to come in and record a show anyway damn it just because we love you the listener so much uh but that is going to do it for this week's show matt thanks for everything man you're more than welcome rod b appreciate the time and the knowledge anytime brother for matt for rod for everybody at the austin radio network and the horn 1049 1019 am 1260 streaming on the horn app and at hornfm.com where you can catch rod b each and every weekday on the triple option from three to seven shameless plug and also catch myself and craig way each and every weekday on light the tower from 10 to noon and thanks to matt you can get all of our archives our classic interviews and shows are available on the longhorn blitz soundcloud page yep just type in longhorn blitz don't forget to search horns 24 7 and Anywhere you get your podcasts, click the follow button, leave us a review to get every episode of Longhorn Blitz, and uh, a five-star review would be preferable if you'd be so kind to do so. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.